0: Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who like their men sparkly and hundreds of years old. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known
1: as Two Pink Pictures, and we have not stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them.
0: We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are
1: talking about none other than 2008's Twilight.
0: What if I'm
2: not the hero? I wanna find... Bad guy.
3: I know what you are. Your skin is pale, white, and ice cool. Don't go out into the sunlight.
1: Say it out loud. Say it.
3: Vampire.
0: Are you afraid? No. And we have some very, very, very special guests today on the show. We have Megan and Liz here. Yay! Hi, guys. We're so excited. Audrey, do you want to talk about how we've connected with Megan and Liz?
1: Yeah. So one day I noticed that Liz followed us and I was like, what the heck? I was like, wait, is this like the Liz, like of Megan and Liz? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, I was like, oh, I got to DM them. Like I got I got to see if we can m- somehow make this connection work. The first time I saw your covers on YouTube was probably like 2000. 2008 or or is that right yeah like 08 09 2010 somewhere in there and I was heavily in my like Taylor Swift fearless stan hood at the time so I feel like the two really go hand in hand
4: no that's absolutely accurate like that's that was our whole thing was we were huge Taylor Swift fans like Taylor Swift got us like you know our whole platform basically like at the very beginning because like the fans really latched on after like the whole oprah thing yeah, yeah i
3: have someone else here who wants to say hello oh really yeah
4: hey megan and liz it's taylor oh my
1: God! <laughs> i heard you guys singing my song and i loved it so much you guys did an amazing job and i would like to invite you to my concert in chicago if you want to come
4: oh my
0: gosh yes
1: yes oh my gosh yes oh my- <laughs>
4: So we're grateful
2: yeah. that Which, ironically enough, you know we started making covers when Twilight came out.
0: <laughs> Absolutely we did. mm-hmm. I oh I did my research last night into the earliest posted of the Megan and Liz YouTube channel feeling like I gotta I gotta refresh myself. <laughs> so I noticed the timelines it's dark. intersect) <laughs> It's so good, though. Like, and I texted Audrey. I was like, everything about their earliest videos is so just what we talk about on this show. Like, the outfits, like, the demeanor. Like, it's just it, you know?
4: That's why we are so excited to be on this podcast, because, like, when I say... Like I think we ha- all had the same childhood. <laughs> like we are all actually the same person because we were raised by Hillary Duff. Like <laughs> the same films raised yeah. us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I also uh, found the video, or even, or Audrey might have sent it to me of um, like how to get like the loose Bella curls. Audrey sent it to me. Hey
2: guys, it's Megan and Liz. And as some of you guys know, Liz and I are huge fans of the Twilight series. <clears throat> Team Jacob.
4: Definitely uh, Team Edward. Anyway, we're really excited for Breaking Dawn to come out. And this video is a tutorial on how to get Bella's soft, loose curl.
0: And what? Just, I want to know about that experience, too. Like, what was the inspo to do such a video?
2: Um, I can say it was Liz's, un, like, literally
4: unhealthy obsession with Twilight. Like, she didn't sleep. Like... It was weird. No, it was. (laughs) Like even yeah, even just like talking about this film, like it was it was not okay how I was brainwashed. That's the only thing that I can think of. Like it was my entire conscience and subconscious was built off of this franchise. Like it's it's really scary to think (laughs) about. I said I haven't loved I haven't loved anything or been so invested in anything prior or since like than I was in the twilight like kingdom it's just really it's dark it's dark but it's okay so I was like I gotta make a YouTube about Bella's curls
0: (laughs) I'm so glad that my hunch was correct when I suggested (laughs) that we do Twilight I had a feeling just deep within that it would work so obviously we are going to get deeply into Twilight but you both uh just had a new song and video come out so do you want to just share a little bit about that too
2: Yeah. So it's called, um, where did the love go? And it's basically just asking that question. Like when you break up with somebody, we don't know where the love goes, you know, does it, does it follow them? Do you send it back to them? Like it's just talking about that and how to this day, you know, we can't really figure out because you know, the love you have with somebody
4: is always different. So it's like, where does that love with that person go? And we also based this off of, I know this is not, it's like not the demographic, but it kind of is. Like we based it off of Sex in the City. Apparently, all we did was watch TV um, <laughs> movies. and movies growing up. Um, but we said, like, we just love Sex in the City. We love that whole show. And so we always get song ideas off of it. And this was one quote that Carrie actually said. Um, and then for the actual sound, we like wanted it to be kind of that nostalgic, like 2010 like, pop, fun, summer, pop. Because we felt like there's not a lot of it out right
2: now. And we were like, let's bring it back. No, I'm so
1: (laughs) glad you did. Like, I, um... I, when I listened to it, I was like, oh, immediately, like and it's even kind of when we were saying earlier that uh song from Aquamarine, like one original thing or like songs like in that <laughs> in that like <laughs> arena. It totally gave yes. me that. And also I watched all of
0: Sex and the City. So I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate the reference to all of our lovely listeners out there. Make sure to look up the song and the video. The video is like so aesthetically pleasing on top of it all. It's up the alley of yes. everyone who listens to this Very show, so. so please check it out. With that in mind, I think it's time for us to get into the facts surrounding 2008's Twilight. The first Twilight movie was released on November 21st, 2008. It was directed by Catherine Hardwick, who uh, didn't really have any other directing credits that stood out to me, except for, kind of bleakly, the Till It Happens to You <laughs> video do you guys know what that is <laughs> oh my god i don't
4: i just i remember her <laughs> directing um her directing 13 the movie 13 yeah, that too and yeah and uh, all i remember from that was like it was like it was a, it's a really, like, raunchy it's movie. Dark.
2: Yeah.
0: Dark movie. We watched it at, like,
4: our friend's house at a sleepover, and all of us were like, oh, my God. This is radically different from Twilight. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't it the whole thing that it's, like, a 13-year-old who, like, finds drugs and, like, I don't want to say sex because yes. you, but, like, isn't that it? Kind of?
4: Yes, Yes. a 13-year-old who, like, literally goes off the rails and, like, gets, like, with, like, drugs and boys and
0: pierces her tongue. And it's just, like, oh it's wild. Yeah. (laughs) I saw the poster for it when I was compiling everything, and I was, like, noteworthy, but not as noteworthy to me because I haven't seen it. Um, it, Okay, it's, like, Twilight, that, and the Till It Happens to You Lady Gaga, like, PSA thing, which is, like about sexual assault on campus, so it's, like, really dark. And uh, I was just like, all right, let's just throw that one in because it adds some flavor. Also,
1: um, Vanessa Hudgens is in 13.
0: This sounds like a movie that we should probably do. It's on our list. Noted. Noted. We have the producers listed here. We have Mark Morgan, who is, like, a serial executive producer type of guy and his lowest-rated credit out of all the movies he's produced, was Material Girls with <laughs> Haley and Hilary Duff. So I had to include that. <laughs> an iconic film, really. <laughs> yeah. Then we had uh, Greg Moradian, who uh, is like an executive producer on a bunch of things, but primarily all the Percy Jackson movies and Twilight. And then we have Wick Godfrey, who has produced all of the following of these movies. The Happiest Season, The Hate You Give, Love, Simon, Fault in Our Stars, Dear John, and Daddy Daycare. So.
2: Smash. (laughs) Smash.
0: He he did have a good, uh, or does have a good taste for, like, what the young people want. Now we have the writers. So first of all, the screenwriter is Melissa Rosenberg, who normally is a producer. She's most known for producing Dexter, Jessica Jones, The O.C., and Party of Five, And all the Twilight movies. But most importantly, we have Stephanie Meyer, who (laughs) wrote all of the Twilight books and has a really heavy-handed cameo in this movie. Yes, she does. (laughs) (laughs) She does. She does.
4: If you're a real Twilight fan, like, you knew. Like, I was waiting for it. Like, I was waiting
0: for her to be in it. I was like,
2: there she is. At the diner. At the diner.
0: (laughs) She's also like, this is so besides the point, but she's like really pretty. Every time I see her, I'm like, this is a gorgeous woman. Yeah, she
2: should have had a bigger role. Like, (laughs) Give her some lines at least.
0: (laughs) All she does is sit at the counter with her laptop. So, I have a couple of the things just written down about her. Um, so, basically, throughout the Twilight series coming out, she was kind of, like, dunked on a lot for being a bad writer. Um, but, like, is she a bad writer? I don't know. I don't think she's a bad writer. I mean, she, there's no, she's not a bad writer. I mean, she didn't absorb the
4: subconscious of, like, every single girl in America. Like, you can't do that if you're a bad writer. Like... <laughs> I wish I could explain how deep I was. Like, that's my issue, is, like, you can't do that if you're a bad writer. No, absolutely not.
1: Yeah. Society as a whole is placing value and what's good on something else. Like, what, what is determining how good a writer is? Like, the society would not be basing it off of what a bunch of, like, teen girls, like, as we know, and have established time and time again. But... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's no point in asking the question, I feel like, how good is she at writing? Because she's like a millionaire, so I think we know how good she is.
0: Right. (laughs) Yes. We do know. We really do. Um... And just for context, uh, the first book of the Twilight series was released in October 2005, and the last book was released on August 2nd, 2008. And Breaking Dawn sold 3.2 million copies in its first week of publication. Uh, But if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know how big Twilight is, like, I don't even know how you got here. So just, (laughs) I feel like you know (laughs) if you're here. In our email correspondence, though, uh, I heard that you, well, at least, Liz, attended uh, the midnight premieres of the book releases or the movies. Can you just share a little bit about that? So, actually, the first Twilight movie premiere,
2: um, I I attended all of them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first one was actually on our 16th birthday. (gasps) Oh my god! <laughs> so Liz, I don't think I've I've seen her happier than I saw her that evening, um, and it was it was everything we wanted it to be and more. You know, when Edward walked on the screen, the entire movie theater like shrieked like they were at a concert.
4: Yeah. <laughs> a moment I will never forget, really. It's burned in my brain. But all of the premieres, we went to every single premiere. We did um, All of the premieres were either the day before our birthday or like within a day of our birthday because they were all November 21st or November 20th. Um, Except for I think one of the Breaking Dawn premiered in the summer. Yeah, Yeah. But we even into the Breaking Dawn saga, like we still went.
2: Like we were on tour once and we like made our band go with us (laughs) to the midnight
0: premiere of Breaking Dawn part one. (laughs)
4: In like a random city in like South Carolina. North Carolina, yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. I definitely went to the... It was, like, not the midnight premiere of the first movie. It was, like, the 9.30 p.m. showing because I was in eighth grade and, like, we had rules. But my friend Chris, who listens to the show religiously, who was my boyfriend in middle school, was so excited to see Twilight that he rolled around on the ground in uh, glee. I don't really know how that worked, but that's what he did. And he smacked his head on the bottom of the chair and then had, like, a Looney Tunes-style, like, bump on his head for the whole thing. And I was just like, yeah, this is my boyfriend. This is my definitely straight boyfriend <laughs> in Glee over Twilight. <laughs> he sat and watched the movie with the with the injury? Oh, yeah. He was, like, he was so excited. Like, it was not a problem. And... I'm sure he's listening to this now being like, yep, I'll check that.
3: <laughs> but yeah, oh my
0: God. I will never forget. That was that was that's an iconic memory in my mind of my middle school experience. It was So good. Audrey, were you into Twilight? Did you see any of the movies as they came out? No, I didn't.
1: Uh, I was um, I was 12, I guess, when the first one came out. And does that check out? I think so. Roughly, 12 or 13 And obviously, everybody around me and, like, Hannah, like, you were into it. But I didn't get into it at the time. You're
4: just a touch too young, I think. Because, like, I think the real draw of Twilight was... Like, exactly. the romance and, like, Edward
2: and Jacob and yes, how hot they exactly. were. <laughs>
4: yes, just 12 is just, like, a hair too young, I think. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of one of those things when, yeah. like, when
1: you miss the initial boat, if you're not there, it's going to be, like, really hard to catch up.
4: So, like, <laughs> I never did. Especially since, like, if you're trying to get on the Twilight boat when you weren't on it in the first place, like, as I'm sure we will discuss, like, it's not... Like, an incredible film if you don't have those memories, I don't think. Like, I think it's... <laughs> like, 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 I don't think, like, if you were just, like, you know, not around the, like, fan craze at the time and you were like, I'm gonna check this one out. <laughs> like, I don't think you would be... Like, you zoom out and you're like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't know if that's if that's quite it, but, you know, my opinion. <laughs>
0: Now we're going to read the plot synopsis of Twilight. Um, Audrey, would you actually like to read it? Sure.
4: All right,
1: so here's the plot synopsis. High school student Bella Swan always a bit of a misfit, doesn't expect life to change much when she moves from sunny Arizona to rainy Washington State. Then she meets Edward Cullen, a handsome but mysterious teen whose eyes seem to peer directly into her soul. Edward is a vampire whose family does not drink (laughs) blood, and Bella, far from being frightened, enters into a dangerous romance with her immortal soulmate."
0: Megan and Liz what's your evaluation of that plot synopsis we like to give it a critical a critical response I
2: just I just mouthed as she was reading it Liz is almost in tears I just mouthed to Liz I said ridiculous this is ridiculous
4: (laughs) I'm almost crying it's just it's so when you really
0: condense it down it's
4: just so ridiculous oh my gosh um just like the whole like it's like peered into her soul, like, oh, well, the family doesn't drink blood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's also not even... I'm
3: sorry.
0: It's also not even 100% true because they do drink blood. They just don't drink the blood of humans, as I have recently been refreshed on.
1: So we've got three taglines. From the looks of it, they're they're pretty good. So the first one is, when you can live forever, what do you live for? The second one is forever. Yeah. Begins. Now. (laughs)
4: Because there's. Now.
1: (laughs) Periods.
4: No, I would say that tagline. No, my friend Rachel and I like would literally every day in school. This this is like exposing me in a really embarrassing (laughs) way. But like every day in school before the movie came out, we would look at each other and we would go forever <laughs> begins now in unison. in unison oh my gosh I can't believe we were doing the tagline yeah. the whole time oh, oh my gosh. that's okay. a really good tagline Anyways, I'm sure there's more I probably know them
0: carry on
1: <laughs> the third one is oh. simply Jeez.
0: nothing will be the same now we have our cast here we have Kristen Stewart as Bella Uh, she's primarily known as Bella, but the other things that she's been in are The Happiest Season, Personal Shopper, Snow White, and the Huntsman. Uh, I'm pretty sure she was in the Runaways movie. Uh, and I would like to throw her name into the ring for America's favorite young lesbian. Seems like (laughs) it checks out to me. She's a very beloved figure. So, we got that. We got Kristen. Then we have Robert Pattinson as Edward primarily known as being edward but other things he has been in uh he's in the new batman as batman he was cedric diggory and harry potter um and i would love to get everyone's opinion on him here because i feel like if you shit on the thing that made you famous like come on like i don't know how i feel about that but what what do you all of you think i think uh, like
2: I don't understand why anybody, it's like when artists don't perform like their biggest hit because they're like annoyed with it. It's like, own it. I think it's so annoying when people don't.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. He kind of ruins it for me. Like, honestly, like it really pops the bubble for me when he's like mean and like doesn't like talking about Twilight because I'm like... You don't understand how invested I was. And, like, you are not Robert Pattinson. You are Edward. And, like, it really breaks my heart when he, Accept like— Accept it. Yeah. Accept when it, he Robert. Step, when he steps out of turn, like, honestly, I don't even pay attention to him. I don't watch his interviews. Like, I just to like, keep him in that suspended reality because
3: whatever. Yeah.
4: I mean, he's gorgeous still. And I'll look at him from afar, but I, won't, I will not watch an interview because I am that invested. Since being in Twilight and Harry Potter and all that,
1: he's really, like— taken a dive into some indie films um like he was in um a safty brothers film called good time and he was more recently in the lighthouse um which are they're very much like indie films it's kind of a situation of him seeing himself in a more like highbrow way than the public was viewing him and that's probably a big part of it Mm -hmm. but yeah
0: And then, uh, he's not really in this movie that much, but we gotta obviously talk about Taylor Lautner as Jacob. Uh, go ahead.
4: (laughs) What?
2: (laughs) So, this was, I was team Jacob, and Liz was team Edward, so this is, like, uh, like, I could talk about Taylor Lautner
4: all day. He was he was my man. Then He's you add man's. you add in the Taylor Swift association and mm-hmm. like the man could do It was no the wrong. it was the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just too it was too much, really. It was too much. Like 2008, <laughs> 2009, yeah. Taylor Lautner was yeah, we went to a Taylor Swift show and he was at that oh Taylor Swift god. show. Oh my god.
2: And I took so many photos on my Nikon Coolpix mm-hmm. of him. <laughs> Taylor was singing and I was taking them of him. Yeah. Oh I, should, I should send them to you
4: guys. Yeah, <laughs> we sorry. have a bunch of photos to send you of, like, this whole era with Taylor Lautner, us at the premieres. Like, it's, it's gross, but we'll send them all.
0: <laughs> then our other uh, supporting people, I have barely anything, so I'm just going to get through the three. We have Anna Kendrick as Jessica, known for Pitch Perfect and, in my opinion, being boring. Then we have <laughs> Christian Serratos. <laughs> As Angela, who played Susie Crabgrass in Ned's Declassified. And I'm pretty sure she's playing she Selena is, yeah. in, like, a new show nowadays. Yeah, she is. And then we have yes, Justin. so good. She's so good in it. I have to see it. I, re- I have to see it still. Um, and then we have Justin Chawn as Peter, uh, who, in my mind, the second I saw him on screen, I was like, that's the dude for Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. <laughs> so, him. <laughs>
1: The budget for the film was 37 million, and the box office opening weekend was 69,637,740. Uh, and the overall worldwide gross is 408,430,415. So I think it's
0: safe to say they made their money back. Um, I think they had a successful first yes. week. We got to talk about the critics because we all know that the critics had a lot to say about this movie. So um, when it comes to the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, the most veritable critical source there is in this world, <laughs> the critic consensus, well, they gave it a 49% critic score. And then the critic consensus was having lost much of its bite, <laughs> transitioning <laughs> to the big screen, Twilight will please its devoted fans, but do little for the uninitiated. So that might be true, but Audrey, do you want to talk about the audience score?
1: Yeah, so there was a 73% audience score, which kind of reflects exactly what Hannah just said, what the critics were saying. Like, if you are not into the books, you're probably not going to get that much from the movie. So the fact that the audience score is 73%, that, that adds up. Hannah has listed some nice critic stuff, which is good. Because we don't, need, we don't need any more Twilight Slander in 2021. Like, we can, we can move on. We don't. We don't. Um, we don't. So, yeah. the first quote is, I watched Twilight in a cinema full of young girls who, when they weren't texting friends and guzzling soft drinks, giggled, sighed, and exhaled with a passion <laughs> that was not only endearing, but a measure of its emotional truth. Wow.
2: We
4: were, we were those girls. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we all? Guzzling soft drinks. Yeah. Real Coke. Real Coke. Yeah. And
1: then the second critic quote is from Anne Cohen, and she says, Ten years after its release, Twilight stands as a powerful, darkly stylish depiction of teen female desire. So that's like in retrospect.
0: So now we talk about the uh, gossip section from Entertainment Weekly. That style of information from 2008. So first of all, relevant to YouTube, this was, according to my research, the year that you started posting on YouTube. Is that correct?
2: Yes. I mean, I would say consistently. Probably it was like 2008. We had a few like bum videos before that, <laughs> but, but staggered.
4: But consistently. <laughs> Two thousand eight. <laughs> yeah, we would do like one. We would do one a week starting two thousand eight. I think was like our thing. I'm like, don't don't quote me on that.
2: Yeah, you probably know better than me. I
4: haven't looked in a while, but I know. <laughs> yeah, but definitely it was it was our time for sure. Where we were like, this is it. This is happening. We're gonna be YouTube artists now.
0: Yes, and like some of the original YouTube artists too, like the creators of a subgenre, one hundred percent, which is really cool. Um. <laughs> What else was happening in your lives in 2008?
2: Oh man, that was the year that um I broke my ankle during a homecoming assembly cheerleading in front of uh, fourth and fifth graders. That was traumatic. <laughs>
0: um,
2: I had just gotten my cast off for the premiere of Twilight. I remember, so I was like <laughs> excited for the premiere and like did not have my cast on. <laughs>
4: it's just it's just too much like it's just so like it's just so like perfectly that time like I remember that like I know what you're talking about I mean what else and we were in we were in high school Mm -hmm. um nobody knew about our YouTube channel because Mm -hmm. literally not a single soul had a YouTube channel literally people don't people didn't go online like in 2008 right um like how we did so people were just like you know, like, oh, you guys do videos? Cool. We don't watch them. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and we were just, like, chilling in high school, and I was obsessed with Twilight. So yes. that was 2008. That's, that's
0: it in a nutshell. In August 2008 alone, we had all of these things. I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry came out. Disturbia by Rihanna hit number one. Miley Cyrus hosted the Teen Choice Awards. Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi got married and Joe Biden was announced as Obama's vice presidential pick. So all that happened in one month alone. What a, what a year that was. Yeah. 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 Oh. It was a big year. I feel like 2008 and 2009 especially are like super underrated for their like pop culture impact. Yeah. You know? Like there was a lot that happened in those mm-hmm. years. For me, 2008, I think the best way to describe what my experience was is that we went on this trip as a family to Colorado, and (laughs) I have this really intense memory of taking this train up a mountain, and I was reading New Moon and listening to the Black Parade for the first time at the same time.
2: (laughs) Wow. Yeah,
0: like, I, like. Defining. Yes, like, as they say, like, Things will never be the same. Like, that was me <laughs> on that ride up the mountain in Colorado. <laughs> what would you say are, like, the top three things you remember about this movie specifically that, like, have burned into your brain the most? And I think for Megan Liz, that will probably be extremely specific, which I'm excited to hear about.
4: <laughs> <laughs> do you have one? I, I know I do. I have I have one.
2: I have a really weird one. Me too. I mean,
4: mine are not, like, I'm not proud. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll, I'll kick it off with the fact that I was, I wish I could express to you how deeply upset I was that the Volvo was silver and not black <laughs> um, from the book. Like, my friend, my friend and I would, my friend Rachel and I, like, when that silver Volvo showed up, I think in the preview for it, we were just like, why wouldn't you make it black? And, (laughs) and so that was like a really deep, deep feeling for me. And I remember just being like, so upset, like genuinely upset. Um, So that's one. Another one I remember is the part where they're like making out in their room, you know, or in Bella's room was an awakening I was I don't know like and I still like that is just burned into my brain I had never seen anything so like wild (laughs) and exciting in my whole life (laughs) than that scene and that's really those are the two things that really stick out to me Mine
2: mine are like, okay, so mine are really quick. Number one, I just remember that the food in the diner always looked really yep. good. Like, I can picture, like, her salad and, like, the fries for some reason. Like, I always think about that. The fries. Um, and then the other one was like how t- – <laughs> yes, the fries. And then the other one was like how Taylor Lautner said – Bella, like Bella, yeah. He was like Bella, Bella." It was like he was like swallowing when he said it every time, and I was like, "Why does he say Bella? It's like Bella." He's like Bella,
0: yeah. (laughs) Audrey, do you have any? Do you have any particular things?
1: Well, I think the first time I actually saw it was in our was at our neighbor's house. We had actually just moved. Uh, just like Bella, um, we just like Bella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we had just moved, and so like our I feel like our mom, like our parents, were really like trying to find us friends, like um, like whatever way that she could, so like we would end up at our like neighbor's house that we didn't know, and then like we would just be sitting there. Yep. And um, yeah, I I remember that's <laughs> the first time I saw Twilight and they were really into it. And I just hadn't read the book, so I didn't really know. And I think I was just like a little confused.
0: <laughs> My things are, they're kind of from different like time periods. But I think that uh, the first thing with this movie is like, If one thing has not fallen away over time, it's that like, no matter how you look at it, just like the enduring sexual energy of this movie, like you get it when you're 12 and you get it when you're 25, like it's just there. So that's my first thing. Um, My second thing is that. I saw the movie, obviously, when I was, like, in middle school, and then when I went to college, um, my roommate, who was, like, my closest friend at the time, like, loved to get, like, really stoned and watch Twilight. (laughs) Like, it was, like, her favorite thing. And she, I was like, why? And she was like, you're not gonna get it till you do it, so you gotta do it. And so (laughs) we did it. And the part that got me is, like, when she walks into the lab and the fan blows the breeze over to him, and he's like. Like, he's, like, suffocating on it. Like, we sat there and just, like, cried over that for so long. <laughs> oh, and then also, this goes without saying, just the amount of, like, positive memories associated to the soundtrack. Obviously, the soundtrack to this movie is incredible. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure it's a lot Decode. for you, too. <laughs> oh.
4: oh, yeah, Decode. Yeah, we were, that's at the end credits, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were, Um, obviously, watched it last night, and... We were like in the other room, like while the credits were playing, and we were like, <gasps> "Oh my gosh!" Like, "Oh, it's super massive black hole!" Yeah. Oh, oh, during don't, the baseball
0: scene, don't—it's <laughs> too good. It's just—it's just that too one good. hit so well, so well. I think that it's time for all of you listening at home to uh, go find a way to watch Twilight. If you haven't watched it in a while, go fire it up, and uh, we will be back soon very soon to talk about our takeaways from our rewatch of Twilight. So, we will be right back. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast.
3: Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So
2: to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans.
3: You are cordially invited to subscribe to the Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com.
2: By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day, your way.
0: everyone. I hope you enjoyed your viewing of Twilight, 2008's uh, most relevant and enduring film. And now we are here to talk about what we just saw. So why don't we start with parts that we appreciated in Twilight? Um, Megan, Liz, do you want to go first?
2: I think in general, the baseball scene has always been one of, like, my favorite movie scenes, like, of all time. Like, it was so well done and, like, so creative and the music was
4: great. Like, still great to me. I feel like it's very, like, the like the trope of, like, oh, the girl who's different and, like, ooh, you know, like, she's so special and, like, whatever. But, like, call me crazy, but I appreciate movies like that. I love it. I love just, like, you kind of know what's going to happen. You know... You know, she's going to be saved. Like, you you kind of get all the things that you're hoping to get from a movie like you this. You know.
2: You knew the second that Edward was introduced, even if you didn't read the books, that Bella was going yes. to date Edward. Like, you just knew. Yes. <laughs> so, I guess I
0: appreciate its, its like, predictability yeah. and for yes. what it's for. <laughs> My things that I appreciated are, I mean, I feel like I've seen this movie a lot recently. Normally, there's been, like, more time in between. Um, But... It is, like, a funny movie. Like, there are elements to it that I think are really funny. Like, even just the way that some of the lines are just kind of, like, delivered with a smirk that's, like, 20% too, like, knowing <laughs> honest. That's so true. So I just true. think that that's really funny. Um, Audrey, what did you think?
1: I was also going to highlight, like, the comedy. Some is intentional and some is not. But what... What <laughs> is really funny to me is uh when Bella is on Edward's back and he's just, like, a squirrel monkey or oh. something. <laughs> and
0: he's just, like, spider monkey. Spider monkey. He's, like, hold on tight, spider monkey. Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh. Um, and, like, anytime he's, like, speed running, it's just really funny. Like, it, it just
0: is. You would probably have something to say about this, too. I love that this movie just is blue. It just is blue, the blue? whole thing.
4: It is blue. <laughs> well, have y'all seen that um the little like keychain that you can get that's like it's a little keychain and it's blue and it says directed by Catherine Hardwick like at the bottom and you just like <laughs> hold it up to like anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I, like, I look you want it. Yeah, oh my god, it'd yeah. be fun to have like- just
4: put the blue tin on anything, any situation. <laughs> anything. Yeah. That's and then, really then you're in Twilight. And then I've also seen like um where people do um they color correct the movie and then they color correct the other movies to like have it be blue. So like they color corrected new moon to be blue, like Whoa. yeah. And I'm like, that's so interesting. It is it's blue. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. We we were talking about how for the video of this episode we wanna put the Catherine Hardwick blue over all of it like yes. for the TikToks and stuff. So, if <laughs> you you're watching to. this, you, have you have may to. be seeing it. Were there any things that came up that you noticed this time that you really liked that you hadn't noticed before? So, this is kind of I'm I'm comparing it to the other
4: films, which I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm I'm trying not to judge it as like, like comparing it, but it's hard to do that when you've seen the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um I what I but what I do like about this one is I feel like Edward and all of the vampires look like actual humans. They're just, like, really good-looking humans, where as opposed to, like, kind of what you see in the other movies is, like, they just look really weird and (laughs) cgi or something. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like in this first one, it was the most, like, realistic when you're thinking about it compared to the book. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, you almost see, like, that correctly in your head. It's more realistic as opposed to, like, the other ones just got so... Wild, yeah, and it's like so Dakota that's, that's fanning looking liked.
0: like an animatronic or something,
4: yes, yes. And so, I liked that watching this again. I was like, This seems really a little bit more just like realistic, even though it's obviously not. But that's what I liked, <laughs> I think, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Were there any big discrepancies between the book and the movie that like got fans mad? Like, can you share those if you know them? <laughs> I'm sure you do. Ball, though. <laughs> besides
4: the Volvo, um, <laughs> yes, yes, I remember the Volvo being a big deal, um, there's, there were certain things just, like, in the plot that were different, um, like, they didn't, they eventually talked about it, like, in the later films about, um, like, Jasper's, you know, special qualities and, like, things like that, but they just, like, left a whole bunch of that out, um, and just I don't know I felt like there was way more romance in the book like I felt like there were more moments just like of them like actually hanging out and being chill whereas in the movie <laughs> it feels like it comes out of nowhere like the part where like mm-hmm. they're where they're outside and um she's like he just like walks in the woods and then yeah, the she just out like, loud follows part. him <laughs> yeah 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 it's just kind of like you're like I, I thought
2: you guys like hated each other or like I don't know they didn't really make the the romantic connection very well known until like they were romantically involved
4: they didn't like <laughs> they didn't earn it in yeah, my opinion yeah, yeah, yeah. like it like that romantic connection was not earned like it mm-hmm. literally just came out of nowhere just like going into the woods and it's like okay well I guess we're in love now and in the books <laughs> so, that was not the case yeah so but you know
1: yeah I opinion. mean obviously <laughs> like it's hard to convey it's harder to convey like a slow burn Uh, like, romance Mm -hmm. when you're not in their thoughts. And they do incorporate, like, some of Bella's internal monologue into the movie, but it not throughout. Like, it's it's in the first, you know, quarter, and then they stop. And I feel like that would have been a huge strength to the movie had they kept, like, voiceovering her thoughts and also voiceovering his thoughts. Because, Mm -hmm. like...
0: Otherwise, He's supposed to be Mister Mystery, though.
1: I know, but You're not supposed to know. Yeah, but like, or at least just her thoughts more further mm-hmm. into the movie, because it's a great um, it's a great tool that they're using also to like incorporate the book more so into the movie, um, and then it just kind of drops off, and you're left to just like believe them,
4: and when you don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. like see it in the same way, and be more playful more playful too you know like mm-hmm. the part like what you were just saying where he was like you know like oh you better hold on tight spider monkey it's like <laughs> I feel like that like those moments like I feel like they're a little just a touch more before they got together would be like okay so they don't hate each other and all of a sudden yeah. they're like romantic and again this is just talking about the just movie if you were completely had never heard of mm-hmm. Twilight before you would watch it and be like
0: this came out of nowhere yeah yeah <laughs> So it seems like we're kind of organically transitioning into the things that were worse now or, like, confused us a little bit. Um, So were there any particular things in that category that stood out to you?
2: For me personally, I think Kristen Stewart in general, like, the monotony of, like, her facial expressions and, like, how she delivers lines – Like, I get that that's her character, but, like, there's, like, this one face. It's, like, eyebrow up. Like, like, it's burned into my brain. She does that face so often. And, like, I don't know. I feel like she could have, like, expanded a little bit more Mm -hmm. in some of her deliveries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's something about the way that Kristen Stewart is in this movie that, like, it almost seems like they're trying to make fun of the, like... Not like other girls chosen girl trope because she acts so like neutral to moody and instantly every boy in this clique is like actively trying to be her boyfriend. (laughs) And you're like, why? Why do they feel this way? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, well, yeah, like, the I fact, don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the other girls in the clique are, like, just as cute as she is. So it's sort of, like, Absolutely. is it because she's wearing pants in gym class? Like, is that what it is? <laughs> like, <laughs> is it, like, she, she gives
4: them nothing. She, nothing. Gives nothing. she gives everybody nothing. She's just literally giving, serving, absolute <laughs> like, give us nothing queen. Yeah. Like, literally just... yeah but at the same time it's like well okay like I I agree with you yeah and again like I wonder if that was I wonder if that was a direction thing Mm -hmm. you know to kind of like build up that like you know mystery and romance and like whatever but I don't know why it just totally it didn't totally like work I don't think and and this is coming from somebody who is obsessed with this movie and has watched it a million times and will like die on that hill. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah, just trying yeah. to look at it as I'm trying to look at it as if somebody had never heard of it or seen it. You know, some of the more perplexing elements
1: to me are uh, Kristen Stewart's hair situation.
0: I had that written down not, too.
1: In, Because from scene to scene, her, she has, like, zero hair continuity. Like, it's, like, in every scene, she's got, like, it's some sort of extensions thing, I think. And then sometimes you can really see, like, black, um, like, black
4: streaks, almost. Oh, I actually know why. I actually know the answer to this. Oh, good. Like, being, being the twy hard (laughs) that I am. (laughs) Um... So, so she did she had like an extension piece it was like a um like a u-clip extension yeah. or like halo mm-hmm. extension so it was like a huge piece of hair that they would like pre-curl and like pre-style um so like it was
2: essentially a wig it was essentially a wig but it was like a half
4: wig so like the top yeah. half of her hair was like real but then the bottom half but I guess they and I remember like watching an interview or something about it and they said that they just like had it to save time on set and I'm like, your budget was like forty million dollars, and you're like, we're gonna slap this u clip <laughs> on this girl because we don't have time to like curl your hair. Like it just seems, but I, but that is like an extension. So you're right, and I, and I do think it looks bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: and the hair journey that Kristen Stewart goes on throughout all the Twilight <laughs> movies is like crazy. Like she she. Her wig in, um, what is it, New Moon? Yes. I don't remember which one it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. But she's got, like, a full-on <laughs> wig in one of them, and it, it really mm-hmm. kind of is jarring. Yes.
2: I mean, all the hair in that movie was actually pretty atrocious. Like, whoever did <laughs> hair. Yeah, but, like, who else? Like, I mean, obviously, Taylor Lautner's wig was aw- oh, yeah. god-awful. Yeah. Like, that middle part. And then, I mean, think about, like, Jessica's hair. Yeah.
4: Like, even, like, Rosalie's, like, like, Rosalie's, Alice's. Was bad. Oh, Alice's I mean, bad, she yeah. was supposed to be weird, but I mean, it was all pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good observation. Yeah,
1: I mean, mo- Yeah, it's a really good observation. Most of the hair is very, like, touched by 2008, but, um... And so is the wardrobe. <laughs> to the point where I'm, like... Like, the, the wardrobe and the general aesthetic makes me feel very strange. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't like it. It remind it reminds me of like an abandoned Kohl's or something. (laughs) (laughs) A Kohl's Outlet
2: Mall.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's just yeah. Oh, it it hurts. There's something also about this book, like kind or about this movie. Going back to what we're talking about about the book, where there's like a lot of things that happen in the movie that like don't really make a ton of sense without the book, like. Mm-hmm. Um like the fact that Kristen or that Bella is like so annoyed that Edward doesn't immediately like express positive feelings towards her you're like does she <laughs> care because he's hot or is there another reason like I like I'm confused about why she's so mad
2: Yes she's probably just cuz all the other boys were like throwing themselves at her and she's like well
0: yeah <laughs> Right. Right. I wish that I that she would have actually talked to her mom about it on one of the thousands of times when her mom calls her. She should have been like, yeah, all the boys love me except for the one that I actually like. But she's like not allowed to be like emotionally honest with anyone except for yeah. Edward. So well, we don't get that. The
1: character of her mom. also the character of her mom is so underdeveloped. Um, well, not underutilized she's underutilized she's developed well and I like that she actually has a personality in the movie and is like totally here for Bella and stuff but she's just like no (laughs) I know uh, and
2: also like that's another thing that like that line annoys me to this day how she says power cord I'm like why didn't you say charger (laughs) I didn't lose my power cord it It, ran away from me yeah it ran away
0: I have a question for the Twilight expert slash experts in the chat, which is, okay, so when I was watching the movie, well, first of all, the part where the Cullens are like, we're making her Italiano. I was like, no fucking way. Oh. That was just hilarious. <laughs> so and that kind of falls into the category of the things in this movie that are like so bad and so great at the same time that you like can't really label it like that's a really good example but my question is why is it that there are why are there so many couples in the family like is there a reason why they're all couples like why is that
4: I don't I don't know the answer honestly I I feel like it's mostly just, like, if you think about, like, their age, their real age, you know what I mean? Like, they've, and they do touch on this in the books, like, they they really go into, like, Emmett and Rosalie's journey together and how they found each other and they do a little bit in like the third movie I think but like that's like a really big thing they like talk about I feel like in the books more about like how kind of their whole life is like based off of finding this love and like that's like what makes like life worth living I think that was like one of the taglines and they didn't like touch on it enough in the first movie like I feel
2: like it left a lot of viewers like well why are they all coupled up yeah yeah Yeah.
4: (laughs) yeah Yeah, but so I don't really know a great answer for it. But I will also going back to the Italian, Italiano. Yeah, please do,
0: please um,
4: do. Um, I feel like Edward was such a dick. I'm like, <laughs> I would be so mad if he, if he like, yeah, she already ate. I'd be like, don't say <laughs> I'd be that. Like, I'll <laughs> eat again. <laughs> yeah, like I'm with your meeting your vampire family. Like, I'll eat some spaghetti. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like.
0: I just I loved.
3: Would like, Why would you say that?
0: Like, yeah, and the way that the mom is just like, Bella, we're making you Italiano. I was like, I gotta go. Why I gotta did she say go. Italiano? It was, it was. I've
2: gotta
0: go. It was stressful. Presumptuous um, too, just
2: because she has an Italian name. Oh yeah, just because
1: she has Italian yeah. Like, do we even know if she's Italian?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I guess. We do not
1: know. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the reasoning. I guess that's the joke is that they just heard her name and assumed it was, it- she was Italian.
0: So, like, a lot of stuff that I've kind of read and, like, seen resurging around Twilight is people talking about how it, like, glorifies, and this is not necessarily how I feel, but what people say is, like, it glorifies, like, a toxic relationship dynamic. What do we think about that? I actually,
2: I do remember that. I remember, like, a lot of speculation about that when the movies were coming out. But, I mean, nowadays I feel like... I mean, I don't know. I, at the same time, I'm like, man, you, Bella, you know what you signed up for? Like, yeah. it's a vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's not normal. Like,
4: <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> I mean, it's toxic. Yeah, it's definitely toxic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she treats Jacob like trash. Yeah, treats Jacob like garbage on the ground. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. I don't know, and then if you really wanna get like again, like this is like if you wanna get real deep into it, it's like, oh, is he grooming her because he's technically a Oh, yeah, and I've seen, you know, yeah. like I've seen that conversation. But it's like you got to know what movie you're watching. You know, at the <laughs> yeah. end of the day, it's like it's not going to be racially inclusive. It's not going to glorify a healthy relationship. Yeah. The man is 118 years old and he's <laughs> vampire, like. And it's just kind of like, you know, like it's. It was 2008. It was a different time, and you've got to watch it for what it is. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what my opinion. Um, you could have those conversations, but at the end of the day, it's like. It's Twilight. It's it's just Twilight. It's just
0: Twilight. Yeah, I totally feel the same way. It's like everything you said, you know what you're watching. I don't think it makes sense to then
1: draw the conclusion that like this is Twilight's problem to solve. Like like we (laughs) don't need like you don't need to make the blanket statement like Twilight glorifies toxic relationships. It's about a toxic (laughs) relationship. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's yeah. about—it is a romance, and, like, people love it for that aspect, but um it's fictional, and, like, it, it just bugs me. Like, everybody is so quick to make those sweeping claims about things. Yeah, and, like, realistically,
2: nobody should be trying to grab anything significant or earth-shattering, core-changing from the movie Twilight anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like— <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like the things that would make it problematic, I mean, aside from it being like extremely white is just like it's the stuff that makes it so fun. Like kind of the stuff that I wrote down is like. Well, first of all, so I always try to make these movies gay because that's just who I am. But Twilight is, like, not gay. Twilight is extremely straight. Um, and that's true. One thing that I that I was sort of thinking about, like, while I was watching it is how it, like, you watch this movie when you're, like, 13 or 14. And you're trying to formulate, like, oh, what will it be like when I fall in love one day? And I feel like mm-hmm. it does this really interesting thing of, like... not normalizing but normalizing like the sacrifice of being in a relationship and also sort of like romanticizes like being um like powerless to to your male partner being like oh, like he's in charge and like I'm gonna hang back and like it's like this is how it is like this is how it should be (laughs) like I just feel like it really delivers on that and like now that we're adults we can look at that and be like oh yeah that's like not How life actually is, but like it's fun to imagine that that would be like a fun relationship. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it'd be
4: fun because, like, the the things that, like, he offers are, like... Out of this world. Are are literally out of this world. It's, like, kind of, like... It's, like, he's offering this life of, like, I can run really fast. I've got got the world's resources and money. Like, I can read people's minds. Like, my family has all these superpowers. It's,
0: like, I get it. Yeah. Intriguing.
4: It's intriguing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And, like... (laughs) i'm i'm looking at my notes i wrote down okay when they walk into the school and he puts his arm around her dot 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 hot hot hot
4: Hot. (laughs) agree yeah but see that's a moment that i thought was more playful and like fun yeah and it like showed their like fun relationship for like the movie that you're not just like do they like each other because i can't tell like that moment was like that's we want to see that yeah. yeah. Like, we like that.
1: And yeah. I have to say, too, one that? element that I appreciate—I um, don't know if it's consistent with the book, but in the movie—is that this, there really is no real sense of competition between Bella and her uh, and her friends. Like, her little girl yeah. group. Um, That's so true. It's like—it uh, just—it comes off pretty healthy for a group of teen girls, and I— Appreciate that in the adaptation from the book to the movie that they didn't bust out some kind of mean girl hierarchy thing because Mm -hmm. I could have seen that and I guess you know, like Anna Kendrick's character has a little bit of potential for that sort of attitude, but like they don't actually go there because the truth is they don't have the time to go there. <laughs> but, like, um, <laughs> but I'm glad that like in that adaptation,
0: they didn't go that route. And it's just like a group of friends that seems pretty good. So this is one other thing that Could be, like, put under problematic, but I totally forgot that it even happens. And I think it's kind of perfect. It's, like, extremely 2008, Um, which is, like, the first thing in this movie that you hear anyone say is, I never thought about how I would die. (laughs) (laughs) And then later on, when she's like, death is peaceful living is harder. I was like, <laughs> what? I'm yeah. like, this movie is so much more, like, like, dark in that sense. Like, the death element, like, I forgot that it's really yeah. even a thing. And it's just so, it's so 2008. Like, that sort of attitude. And, like, I love it for that, personally.
2: I mean, realistically, the whole movie, like, the whole franchise, like, Belle is just trying to die. Like, yeah. essentially, like, she's just, all she wants to do is be a vampire. And also, that's another thing that goes into, like, the strong woman thing. I'm like, if you mm-hmm. really wanted it so bad, just go find a vampire. Like, <laughs> you know, find one of the siblings to do it. She was like, had to wait for Edward. Like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's where, like, the, uh, where, like, the consummation before marriage shit comes in, though. Like, it's got to be Edward because, yeah. you know, it's all a metaphor. Well, I was going
4: to say, I wonder if it's because, like, and that's another thing that people say about Stephanie Meyer is, like, they really pushed that, um, was that what you're going to say? Because she's, like, Mormon? Like, yeah, yeah, they really pushed that, um, because, you know, that was, like, her belief as the author, you know? So, I wonder if that's why they did that, which, you know, yeah. Gideo, well, that's
1: apparently <laughs> I mean, is, like apparently crazy. her I, I when I googled is Stephanie Meyer Mormon. they they were like, yes, she is. and that's why there's no um there's no like real sex scenes. and like they're waiting for marriage. and like <laughs> yeah. you know, it
0: it does line up with with her personal religious beliefs. So one thing that I want to ask of Megan Liz, though, is, Like, what do you think it was about just what was in the air in the late 2000s that made you love this franchise so much? And looking back at it now, like, what impact do you think it has left on you as people?
2: (laughs) I mean, I think definitely both of us were, like, having our first boyfriends at that time. So it was, like, super relatable, you know? I mean, obviously they weren't vampires, but, (laughs) you know, just, like, watching their relationship on screen was, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I know how that feels.
4: Yeah, I I truly just think we were, we were the right age, Mm -hmm. like, we just, I think we saw ourselves in Bella so much, and which is, I mean, I guess, like, what you wanted, what they wanted, Mm -hmm. and the writers, directors, like, everybody wanted was, like, everybody to see themselves in Bella, and, like, I certainly did, and (laughs) it just kind of, like, made me optimistic that, like, oh, wow, like... You know, maybe some boy will see me like Edward C spell. Yeah. Which is yes. so cheesy. But when you're sixteen, it's like that is a really important thing to you. And it's not the most. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's why we just like loved it mm-hmm. so much. And as far as a, like lasting to today, I mean, the life lessons don't really stick. (laughs) No. You know, like, this is what you're talking about. It's nostalgia. It's all nostalgia. nostalgia. (laughs) Yeah. It's just more of, like, just the feeling of euphoria that I had when I thought about, like, you know, finding somebody like Edward and, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, all that. So it's more euphoric than anything. (laughs) Or nostalgic. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, But (laughs) it is euphoric. But it is euphoric.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm really in the Twilight Zone now. It's like, oh, my God our last question is, is this movie still good?
2: Yes. Not to the general
4: public, I don't think, but to me, it's still good. (laughs) Same, like, probably, like, two out of ten recommend to anybody else who didn't grow up in the time. Yeah. But, like, if you grew up, like, in the time, like, it's a ten out of ten. Yeah.
1: This is what I wrote for Worthwhile. (laughs) I said, oh, wait, but we didn't We didn't get to
0: worthwhile yet, Well, to me, it's the same. The categories are the same. Okay. So we're also pondering, is it a worthwhile movie?
1: Yeah. Um, I said, personally, I feel I missed the cultural moment, and therefore, I'm not as passionate. But for a teen-aimed romance, uh, I think it follows the book well and advanced the material into a more elevated visual film aesthetic. (laughs) It's
4: true. It's not like your basic...
2: You know, high school teen movie it is, but there's vampires and werewolves,
4: and it, it and it is it is funny. Like it's got yeah. some funny moments. Yeah. Like it's I, different. You can give it that. Yeah,
0: this movie is good in the way. Objectively, it's good in the way that like Rocky Horror is good. Like you let it be camp and you let it be kind of messy if you don't have attachments to it already. Yeah, but when it comes to is it worthwhile? Like is it worth rewatching? I feel like yes. Especially if you didn't see it when it came out. Because I feel like it's such an efficient little, like, snack of what that era was like culturally in so many ways. Like, the doomed lovers, the death stuff, the blueness, the bad fashion, (laughs) the really good music. Like, it just feels like such a... Succinct way to be like I was in high school in 2008. You want to know what we were all yearning for? Yeah, here it is. <laughs> like
4: <laughs> accurate, incredibly accurate, and yeah. I and I and I like that, and I and I and I will stand by that. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Me too. I think that it's a great movie, and it deserves its flowers, as we say. Yeah. So I think we're walking away from this saying, "Twilight is absolutely good, absolutely worth it." And we're grateful to Stephanie for giving us this.
4: We are. We most certainly are. (laughs) If you are a Twihard like me, I would love an open conversation anytime. I'll talk about it all day. Um, Still a big fan. Read the Midnight Sun, like, Edwards version most recently. Like, I read that, like, over the summer. I feel like I need a new, like... 2021 poll of,
2: like, who is Team Edward and who is Team Jacob as well. I would really like to know.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: We should – we'll probably end up doing an Instagram poll, and you guys should do one, too, and then we can compare notes. Yeah. That would be a good way. Actually, that reminds me of one more question I wanted to ask you that I think our audience would be curious about, which is – so you are both adult women at this point. Mm -hmm. But my question is, like, what is it like for your – teen experience to have been so documented on the internet and for it to have been such like a foundational piece of like your personas now or like how people came to know you because i feel like that would be a really specific experience
2: honestly the only thing that's like that was like kind of the hardest was like after we turned 21 because we were very like squeaky clean mm-hmm. on the internet like very mm-hmm. disney like didn't drink. I mean, we didn't drink in real life either. Like we were very like good kids. And then obviously, you know, we turned 21, we started going out, you know, to bars for fun and like, um, just like developing more swear words in our vocabulary. (laughs) And we just constantly felt like we had to start filtering a little bit more for a couple Mm -hmm. years. But then Mm -hmm. finally we just got over it. Um, but people were really judgmental of that. It was really hard to shake the 17 year old perception to young women perception. But I think it's fine now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also I've like I've noticed how um on your TikToks, like people obviously like will just stumble upon your TikToks on their for you page and then recognize you from like some obscure youtube memory that they have and then they'll comment that and they'll be like oh my gosh like you guys raised me or like you're my childhood or something like that (laughs) and then like but i'm sure you guys just get that a lot especially on tiktok so like that that must be a really interesting experience like for people to be kind of backtracking
4: in their mind and then like remembering the exact moment you know (laughs) We get that a lot, like, in person, too. Like, you know, because obviously we still do music. We still do, like, quote-unquote entertainment and, like, whatever. And, like, we will just, like, be doing something, like, a shoot with somebody or something and then be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I used to watch you guys, like, in middle school. Like, I, oh, like I'm so, like, fangirling that you're that you're here and, like, that it's, it's a weird. Thing. Yeah. It's really funny. But I feel like we get that all the time now. Yeah. And it's like, well, yep, we're we're still here. <laughs> we're, yep. Yeah, we're 28 now, and uh, (laughs) this
0: is funny. It is. Yeah. It's cool, though. I really love, though, how, like, when I think about the moment of being like sitting in your bedroom and recording a YouTube video of you singing a song or like doing makeup or something and how that is so 2009 in in just mm-hmm. the act of doing that like you guys are yes. also like associated with that level of like pureness and just like wanting to connect and like share and i just appreciate you both for that because you were like some of the first in our lives so oh thanks ladies <laughs> <laughs> thank you I think we're pretty much good here, but please uh, share again with everyone like your social stuff, your your social stuff, your social media handles and your new song and like where we can find it all.
2: All right. So you can find us on TikTok. Our handle is just at Megan and Liz. Um, Instagram at Megan and Liz, um, youtube.com forward slash Megan and Liz. We're really creative, you know, with yeah. all of our names. Uh, my Instagram
4: is <laughs> at Megan Mace. Mine is Stella218, which has nothing to do with my actual name, but just That's like, what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> and then you can stream the song, um, anywhere you can stream music. Um, where does the love go? That's what it's called. Just search that or Megan and Liz. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yay. Cool. Well. Thank you so much for guiding us through, as you said, the Twilight Zone. We we could not have done it without you.
4: No, thank you guys. Seriously. Like I like we're such big fans. Yeah. And, like you guys do such a great job. And like just thank you for speaking on the movies that
0: need to be spoken. Yes. On because we
4: greatly appreciate it. <laughs>
0: Thank you. That is so nice to hear. It feels like a weird full circle of our media influencing each other. Yeah. But now we're yeah, now we're adults nice. too, so it's so weird. Okay, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You can find more from us at
1: evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover-cinema and keep up with all our latest creative projects at twopinkpictures.com. If you want to watch our show as well as listen, we're on YouTube too, yay. Search Sleepover Cinema or go to the link tree in our Instagram bio. We're on Instagram and Twitter at twopinkpictures and would love to hear from you there. We're also on TikTok at sleepovercinema
0: and that's really where the party is at. It's true. And if you like Sleepover Cinema, please share an episode with a few friends. Also, since we're asking for things, please leave us a review on the Apple Podcasts app. Um, For some reason, they're super powerful and we would always appreciate a nice review. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman and theme music is by Josh Perlman Hall. Special thanks to executive Producers Michael D'Aloia and David Moss. We'll chat again soon. We'll chat again soon.
3: <laughs> History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad,